Hi folks, it's Rabbi Sharon Brous here. You are listening to Ikar's podcast where you can hear our sermons from Shabbat and holidays, our guest speakers, our teachers, anything we think worth listening to that we can capture, you can hear right here. Thank you so much for being with us. Good to see you all. I'm uh, just back after a few weeks of really uh, blessed vacation uh, off in the woods, thinking. <laughs> um, and uh, I've been thinking about my life, <laughs> my life over the last few years. I've been a, a rabbi now for three years. Or I, that's not true, actually. I've been, a, I've been a rabbi since 2007 for about 14 years. But, but I, 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 I've, been, I've been in this, a community rabbi, a pulpit rabbi. Um, I've been at, at Ikar for three years now. And, and, and I didn't really feel like a, a, like a rabbi until, until I took this, this job as a teacher, but now I'm, now I'm a rabbi. And, um, and it's, it's such a privilege. Um, you know, people are, are so nice to you when you're, when you're the rabbi. I mean, <laughs> most, most of the time, sometimes not. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's like, hi, rabbi. Hi. You know, I, I often say it's, like, it's a little bit like being famous in one room. You know, like, uh, like if you watch Cheers, which I did when I was a kid, you know, there's a guy on Cheers, Norm. And whenever Norm comes in, Norm! Right? So it's a little bit like being Norm. Rabbi! Everybody's happy to see you in, in, that, in that bar. Um, but the real privilege uh, of being a, a, a rabbi is the access um, that you get to, to people, to people's lives. People let you into their, into their homes, into their, into their hospital rooms. Um, into family secrets and, and, and hidden places in, in, in their hearts. And that's, uh, that's, that's a big deal. That's, that's, that's sacred ground. Um, and people really listen to what you say when you're a rabbi. Um, they take it seriously, and, and they look sometimes to you for, for guidance. Um, they invest you with a, a certain amount of authority. And, um, and I have to admit that, that that part of it is always rested a little uncomfortably on my, on my sh shoulders. Um, because, you know, why, why me? Don't, don't listen to me. Because right? I, I know I'm, I'm just some guy. Like, I'm, I'm the dope I wake up with every morning. So, um, so I know that I'm, I'm no smarter or holier than I was three years ago. Nobody cared what I had to say back then. So, um, so I don't know. Like, it just feels a little weird. But, you know, maybe I should just own it. You know, right? Because the truth is, that's always been, to a certain extent, the role of the rabbi. The rabbi tells you what to do. The rabbi's job was to know Torah, to know Torah profoundly, and to be able to interpret it and, and tell you how to keep Torah, how to live. The word rav, we get, that we, we get, we get the, 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 the English rabbi from, uh, it, we often translate as teacher, but really, technically, it means master, my master. Should start going by by that, right? That's that's nice. Um, but it's but but there's something to it. We invest rabbis with a tremendous amount of authority, and I do too. I have rabbis, and I and I treat them that way as well. But it, it's it's classically uh, it's legal authority. It's the authority um, to shape a society, to tell us what to do. So so where does that come from? I mean, who gave these old these old guys? Uh, all these years ago, the right to tell me how to observe the law of the Torah, and even to, even to legislate, even to come up with new laws. Okay, well, the source for rabbinic authority is in our Parsha, 
you can find it on page uh, 1090, if you want to take a look. Um, and uh, it, it, the Parsha is called Shoftim, so it's already heading there. That means judges. And it's an important Parsha. It is the Parsha where uh, we begin to speak of an entire justice system, an entire court system. And um, in the midst of that, there at the, the last line there on page uh, 1090, uh, the Torah says, if, if a case is too baffling for you, if, uh, if you can't figure out what to do, um, then uh, you, should, you shall promptly repair. It says, to the place that the Lord your God will have chosen, you should, you should go and appear before the priests. Go up to the temple and appear before the priests or the judge. And uh, that maybe that sounds like, oh, just back then when they had a temple and priests and, and, and judge. Um, but, um, but the verse actually says, hashofet asher the judge that will be there in those days, which the tradition comes to understand, the rabbis come to understand, is any, whatever judge is present in whatever day you are living. So whoever the judge is at that time, that's the person that you go and you, try, you ask them, what do I do? What do I do? So, so they have the authority to tell you. And, and in fact, the, uh, the Rambam, Maimonides says in, in Hilchot Mamrim, that we have to follow the, the rulings of the courts and he cites verse 11 here, verse 11, which is, you shall act according, in accordance with the instructions, with the Torah that is given to you and the ruling handed down to you. Right? And then it says, You must not deviate from the verdict that they announce to you, either to the right or to the left. And the Rambam says that, so you have to follow their interpretations of the law, but not just that. Any gzerot, takanot, minhagim, any, any uh, decrees that, or, or even customs that they tell you that you have to follow, you have to follow. So with that, rabbinic authority, a whole world of rabbinic authority is born. That's why I get to tell you what to do. Um, but, the, but what's that? There's, did, if you heard, there's a little phrase at the end there that's curious. You shall not deviate um, from the verdict that they announced to you, yamin usmo, either to the right or to the left. What's, what's what, right and left? What's that got to do with it? So now, now here's where things start to get really crazy, okay? Because Rashi, our, our most famous commentator, 11th century French commentator, says, do not deviate from what they tell you right or left. What does that mean? That means... That is, even if they say to you, that right is left, and left is right. All the more so if they tell you that right is right and left is left. But even if they tell you that right is left and left is right, you have to follow what they say. And that's, that's a wild thing to say. E even if you know what the rabbis are saying is wrong, if it contradicts your, your very understanding of, of reality, of, of of what's right and wrong, of what's true and false, you have to listen to them. Now that is, that's troubling. I mean, wh why, would I, why would I listen to a rabbi who was telling me something wrong? Who was telling me something I knew to be untrue? So uh, this, this, uh, this is a famous statement because Rashi said it. And so uh, the, the centuries of commentators kick it around and try to figure it out. And, and one version. Uh, it's the version that I, that I heard a lot when I, when I studied in the, uh, in, the, in the more Haredi world. One version is, uh, is given by the Nachmanides, the Ramban, uh, 13th century uh, rabbi, a Spanish rabbi. And he says, 
here, the thing is, the idea, uh, the idea here that Rashi's trying to express is that even if you think in your heart that they're wrong, and it's as obvious to you as the difference between right and left, do as they command, right? You might say to yourself, how can I eat this? This is trafe, right? This is, a, this, is a, this is a cheeseburger. I know I'm not supposed to eat this. Or, or more serious, how can, they, how can we kill this innocent person? You might think so, but nevertheless, do as they command, for the spirit of God rests upon the, the, the ministers of God's sanctuary. And God will never remove this kindness um, from them, and they will always be protected from error or stumbling. So don't worry, we're always right, <laughs> right? You're wrong, you're wrong. So respect my authority, respect my authority. So that's sort of terrifying, the idea that there are these people out there who are always right, and they're backed by the, by the, by the holy writ. That, that sort of society is, is frightening, I think, to us. We have a lot of examples of how that goes wrong. But you know, maybe, maybe there's a different way to understand this Rashi, right is left and left is right. Maybe it's just more, it's more pragmatic, it's more practical. Like we have, to we have to have somebody who tells us what the law is. We have to have some common agreement, some kind of rule. So we have to listen to somebody. And these are just the people that we've appointed. And so we're going to let them decide. It just has to be that way. But that's, that's also sort of un unnerving, because it means that for the sake of I don't know, for the sake of order, uh, we, we are allowed to undo reality as we know it, to make day, night, and blue, red, and to deny, deny what we know to be fundamentally true. And to live like that is also frightening. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this idea of rabbinic authority and the idea that the authority would be so great that they can tell you to do even what the opposite of what you know to be true? So my favorite commentator, uh, the Kliakar. Kliakar is, uh, is uh, Rabbi Shlomo Ephraim Lundschitz of, uh, of Prague, was the chief rabbi of Prague, and, uh, and is one of the most philosophically daring uh, of the commentators. Um, the Kliakar uh, knows that this, is, this has been a problem. He says, Nitkashu uh, amafarshim. They, they really, our, our commentators have not been able to figure this out. Why did Rashi say this? This is such a strong statement. But he says, But the truth is, I don't see any problem here. I don't see any problem here. And, the and he goes on and he says, look, we know, we know that there's a, there's a whole world of debate in, in, in rabbinic literature. Just open up the Talmud, and you'll see that on any issue, there are going to be rabbis who say it's pure, and there are going to be rabbis who say it's impure. Right? We know that every issue is debated in our tradition. And in fact, um, he cites a requirement that, uh, that was given to new members of the Sanhedrin that they be able to mitaher et asheretz, to, to say that a non-kosher thing, a non-pure thing, was pure. They had to be able to prove something that, 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 was, prove something that wasn't true. That was one of the requirements because they had to be able to get into the other side understand the opposite reasoning from the one that you would expect. Right? And the Kliakar says that the explanation for this is that for anything which is either impure or pure, there are many ways to view it as pure and many ways to view it as impure. The Torah just calls it pure because there are 
more ways to see it as pure than impure. And the same is true for something which may be permitted or forbidden, acceptable or unacceptable. And that is why, he says, that is why it is appropriate to accept what the rabbis say, even when they say right is left, because there are also ways to think of it as left. So that's 17th century Prague, but the Kliakar sounds like a bit of a postmodernist, doesn't he? Right, because what he's saying is that there isn't only one truth, at least not from a human perspective, that anything can be seen from multiple vantage points. And so the rabbis are invested with an authority, yes, but it's not the authority to be right. The, the rabbis have an authority that comes from their study, from their deep study, and hopefully a study that led them to understand multiple perspectives and interpretations, and then to offer one, perhaps the right one, hopefully the right one, for the situation at hand. And, and it occurs to me that more than that, if one of the requirements for becoming a rabbi is that you, you understand how complicated every issue is, and that you're able to see every issue from multiple perspectives, then one of the things that you are there to teach people is precisely that, is that everything can be understood from multiple perspectives, and there are always multiple truths and multiple interpretations. The rabbi's job is to show you that we live in a world of uncertainty, of indeterminacy, of mystery. And that, uh, that's, a, that's a form of authority that I, uh, that I guess I, I, I'm willing to aspire to, that we all, I think, should aspire to, to study enough, to know our tradition enough that we know precisely where we stand in it. And we know where we stand in it because we know where everyone else stands in it. And we recognize that no one of us holds the entire truth. Because truth, capital T, truth, truth is only with God. We're just down here trying to do the best we can, trying to move forward on this path of life, this path that, that Rabbi Nachman called a narrow bridge, a narrow bridge. And we're trying to move forward safely and not to veer too far off of the path, to the right or to the left. Shabbat shalom. Hi, it's Mayim Bialik, actor, neuroscientist, Ikar member, and lover of all things Jewish. Do you like what you're listening to? Please consider donating to Ikar so that we can continue creating more podcasts and fulfilling our mission of harnessing untapped energy in the Jewish community to reanimate Jewish life, embody moral courage, nurture the spirit, and work to decipher what it means to be a human being in the world today. Why don't you visit our website at ecar-la.org and give today.